Good morning, everybody. This is Phil Stevens here on Iron Radio. I'm a strength coach, powerlifter, Highland Games athlete, and successful deer hunter. Ooh, nice. Uh, this is Dr. Mike Nelson. Not a successful deer hunter, but I didn't even go out. <laughs> uh, associate professor of the Kerrig Institute, creator of the Flex Diet Cert, BizFlex Cert, and online instructor at Walsh University. And then I'm also doing some analysis for the guys at Rapid Health. So yeah. Dr. Andy Gelpin, Dan Garner, uh, Anders, Doug, all the guys from Barbell Shrugged and the whole team there. So yeah, it's been super fun. That's cool. This is Coach Jarrell at Strength Guild in KC. I am not at the gym this morning because there's no electricity. Oh, so, here on the home on the call. That sucks. All the gym problems. So. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a transformer that blew yesterday, so. We don't have much news wise. There's a few things we can hit up. Apparently, there was a. New Jefferson deadlift record. And it happened on, looks like it happened on New Year's Eve. Uh, Mark Rosenberg took to his Instagram, sniffed a bunch of ammonia, and picked up 910 pounds. Nice. For a new world record, exceeding the previous mark by four pounds. The previous record holder was Sean Green, who hit 906. And Sean was damn near... He was 94 pounds above third place. So, big, big gap between first and, uh, first, second, and third. But, uh, you know, so we got a new record there. And then the other, only other interesting news I saw was apparently there was a poll on who is the, who had the best physique in movies of all time. And apparently it was a, uh, all-inclusive pull, no gender bias, and uh, so they mixed men and women together, and Arnold Schwarzenegger as Conan was the winner. So, in second, he barely beat out Linda Hamilton for her role in Terminator 2. She, by one vote. Oh, and Sarah, then, Sarah Connor? Yep, answers. Sarah Connor. Yep. And then, uh, then next it was, I don't have it open now, but I know, uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Hercules. Third for Hercules. And then Sylvester Stallone for the first Rambo. So, was in fourth. Uh, yeah, I mean, Arnold definitely has to be in there. I'd probably put Rambo a little higher. Sarah yeah. Connor, no, I wouldn't put her in there at all. I wouldn't put her in the top of women. Yeah, all time. I mean, but I think if you take the historical context of when she did it, I think that I was that, that was yeah. pretty revolutionary. People are like, "Whoa, look at that!" Yeah, I agree. Oh, women can have now. muscles. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I could see that because I mean, I guess she was highly more jacked than like the original Wonder Woman and things like yes. that. But. uh I don't know, I can think of some roles like we talked about before. Uh the G.I. Jane role and things like that. But that was later. Like you said, that's yeah. if you take it in, in context of the time it happened. And that's the hell that same thing with Arnold. Like I mean you could put yeah. Arnold against, You could put that role against anybody ever. 
and it holds up. So yes. and it would be top, I don't know, three in probably any anybody's voting system. But I'll be honest, I haven't even seen The Rock's Hercules. So neither, neither have I. I haven't either. I mean, <laughs> I know if it's The Rock, he's probably jacked. Yeah, so, I put, the reason it. I put Rambo higher is because he's he's even at the time like you know he was juice or whatever, but it just was like he was essentially smaller and like leaner. Yeah, he was like yeah. a more believable like super soldier. Yeah, you know, or not super soldier, but like you know soldier. But yeah. you gotta think like Van Damme's gotta be in there somewhere. Yeah, you'd think. Yeah. I remember seeing Rambo. That was like the first time I saw someone that was like pretty damn shredded as yeah. an actor. I was like, holy shit, that's, that's crazy. That's <laughs> yeah. We've seen leading role. I mean, like I was thinking at times with the, the women that where it wasn't the leading role, like, well, the, the newer Wonder Woman, like the whole supporting cast, everybody but Wonder Woman was jacked. Yeah, that was kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, it was. Like, she was the least jacked, and she was, like, yeah. her hero. Like, all of her cohorts were much more impressive looking than her. But, because uh, they ended up getting a bunch of the CrossFit girls. Oh, is that what they did? Yeah, yeah what's the name? Uh, God, what's the famous one's name? I made some of her stuff. Oh, jeez. I, I think it was one of the Sigmund's daughter was in there. Yeah. Oh, okay. And, uh, geez, she lives up in Montana. I can't remember her name now. Oh. Anyways, she's retired from CrossFit now, but she's acting in a few things. Mm. She was one of the leading roles. Um, yeah, that's about it. And I know it's hard to say this, but I know people are, uh, starting to get geared up for the Arnold. It seems like, uh, really? It's going to be bigger. Yeah, I've got a lot of my clients are, gearing up for booths so and they weren't doing that last year so maybe uh maybe the uh expo is gonna not be full of gutter people selling gutter guards and plumbing companies yeah (laughs) so we'll see so which that means once again i will be back at the arnold if anybody's uh get geared up now so that's the first weekend of March, correct? Yeah, it's usually early March. Yeah. Right around the first weekend. I don't know the exact date yet. I just know I'm getting stuff ready. So, uh, yeah, it's a New Year's. Legion National. Legion Nationals and the American Open for weightlifting. I do have a young lady who's going, well, should be going. So they, they capped it. And so it was like, there's like a thousand lifters. Like a thousand twenty or something like that. Really? That's a but lot. Then it was like, yeah, it, it like kicked out a lot of the university national people. Like, so if you qualified for nationals, but there's people who qualified for the American Open Series, which is, I mean, I'll be honest. Like, if you can hook grip a barbell, you probably can qualify for the American <laughs> Open Series. But uh, <laughs> it just yeah, it's kind of a low number, which is good. I don't hate that, but I I do hate the fact that it's like. If you, because let's say you qual, if you qualified on like the last qualifying date for university nationals, you didn't get in. And I, I think maybe they're changing. I saw an email last mm-hmm. week or something. But it's like university nationals should definitely take precedent over AO series. Mm-hmm. But that's yeah. at the Arnold. Well, I'm not going because she's on the she's on the. 
collegiate weightlifting team at Mid America. Gotcha. Yeah, they kind of lowered the series when they changed that. Uh, and then, so basically, it was not much to get into the series, but then it's the finals were the real one now. Because it used to be, from what I remember, it was just the American Open, right? And you just had to qualify for that before the series. Yeah, you had Nationals and the American Open. American Open yeah. was lower, but not low. By yes. Yeah. Now it's like, yeah, I'll, I'll, let me find a total here for 23. And I think they were, I thought they were going to do some cool stuff and they were going to do like involve Canada. Stuff like that, but I think maybe that stuff fell through. No, yeah, just... people aren't allowed to leave Canada. <laughs> yeah, if <you're... laughs> so if you're a 225 male, if you total 226 kilos, so yeah, if you snatch, if you can snatch 220 and clean and jerk one, a little bit over one, or a little bit over 275, boom, you're in. Yeah, which most guys at, at that weight range could you say really were serious about training could do that within the first year. Yeah, somewhere in there, and which is like that part is fine. But if you have a nationals, like you ought, like to me, you should put that as the primary. And then, yeah, it should take precedent. But but I don't know. They're probably just looking at money. Oh, you get more people. No, you get more people to show up. I think there's still drama for, like, I don't think we have a, a CEO right now, I don't believe. Gotcha. There's still a lot of drama going on. You should step in, man. Step in and get yeah. some votes. Dude, I don't even, I couldn't even win here. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't want that kind of money, any like bureaucratic yeah. nonsense. Not that kind of money. There is no money, but. Yeah. Lots of uh, responsibility for zero uh, income or recognition. But. Well, I don't think there's any good way to do it. They're always mad at the CEO and the board about decisions on who gets to go to the Olympics and stuff. Yeah. And I've never seen it where people weren't incredibly pissed about whatever, whoever <laughs> went. Oh, yeah. But there's always like, drama. I don't, think, I don't think there's a way to do it well, so it's like there's no win. Yeah. Well, and I understood but, most of the time it made somewhat sense who they picked. Like, they generally picked whoever had the best chance of meddling, you know, and that might not be our might be the top our best either. lifter yeah, because they base it on the competition they're going to face. Like, if our best lifter is facing six lifters that are better than them, well, maybe we don't bring them and we bring somebody in a class that isn't as competitive. You know, you want to give the the country the best chance to medal, but uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't, even, I don't even know how many spots we have for this next Olympics, but it's not gonna matter after this because we're out. So yeah. it doesn't matter. We don't have an Olympics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but I don't know. Other than that, we can just segue into talking about uh, let's talk about resolutions and how you stick to them or how you don't stick to them. Yeah. Maybe are you guys big resolutions? Uh, people? I mean, I'm not, but I, I I think I maybe stole this from like Tim Ferriss or something, but I do an audit of the previous year and like 
look at where my time is spent and stuff like that. And I don't necessarily make changes per se, but I don't, I don't pick up things. I don't like ride the wave. Yeah. I do a pretty terrible job at that, but I, I do look at the last year and kind of audit the last year on like training, you know, gym stuff. Blah, blah. What about you, Mike? <clears throat> no, I mean, I, for some, not even clients really, but, for some other people, yeah, it's kind of a good time to, you know, promote stuff in the fitness area, but not really. I mean, it it used to be where I had a little bit more downtime around the holidays, so kind of like with Drill, I would try to get more other things organized and, you know, kind of look back to see what I want to do. But I also realized that doing that kind of once a year, I was probably off track a little bit too much. So now I try to do that. I used to do it quarterly and now I kind of do it whenever I feel like one of my lifts just that's a priority just kind of stalls. Mm-hmm. And so then I'll be like, okay, so probably now is a good time to look to see, you know, what am I doing? What am I trying to figure out? And then it's just weird. Sometimes when you're, <laughs> you're so focused on one thing, like you don't want to take the slight detour that would be better. So before I left for Sal Padre, like in October, it wasn't my number one goal, but yeah, one of my top five goals was I just thought it'd be fun to do dumbbell bench press with the 100-pound dumbbells for a nice set of five. And I got pretty close because I knew I wasn't going to do it once I was down kiteboarding. It just wasn't worth the risk. Yeah, I think I got like the 95s for a set of five or six was my top or something like that. But when I look back at my notes, I was like, oh, I kind of had you know, some little shoulder pain here and there. It was never really horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's once I took time away, I was like, oh, yeah, that was uh, – I probably pushed it the last eight weeks too hard in one direction. Um, so sometimes I think you need a little time away to realize what you're doing. And so now I'm kind of eh, it's still in the top five goal. It's not number one. Just slowly working back to it and making sure that, you know, any lift I do, I don't have any pain at all. You know, because it's yeah. one, it's pain's annoying. Two, I think it was actually limiting my performance. And three, it, it's just not worth the risk. I mean, nobody cares if I hit that goal or not. It's not even, you know, to some people, it's not super impressive. Other people, yeah, maybe, whatever. It doesn't matter. It's just something I want to do. And I'm not really willing to pay a huge cost for it. So if I have a lot of pain with a lift that shows up or it's just kind of plateaued, then I'll kind of try to step back and see what I'm doing and change direction a little bit. Yeah, I'm a lot the same. I've never just sat down. Like I make goals, but I've never like sat down and made it a habit to like, okay, it's December 31st. I need to make goals now. Yeah, you know my <laughs> goals just organically pop up at times. That might be in June. You're like, oh, I want to do this. You know, and I always tend to. I don't know. This could be good or bad, and I think it's good for some people and bad for others. But I tend to set. I enjoy setting lofty and, like, maybe unattainable goals Mm. and being okay with that because I know that if I reach for that and even if I don't make it, if I genuinely reach for it, I end up somewhere, you know, (laughs) Um, and that's okay. And that's like, I don't know, people have talked about it before, like, make the goal of being a billionaire. And if you fail, guess what? You're probably a millionaire. So you're okay. You know, if your goal is to squat 900 pounds, 
maybe you only squat eight. Dude, you're still squatting eight. You know, you didn't really fail, but mm-hmm. I'm comfortable with those. I, I just like my turnoffs from that. Uh, like forever. Everybody on the show knows I was like, I never reached that 800 pound deadlift, but I got 780. You yeah. Know? <laughs> and it's like, I'm fucking totally stoked about this still. And I'm not like depressed that I did not reach my goal. I can look at the grander scheme of things and notice like, yeah, okay, I didn't make 800, but I did pull it to like, Mid thigh and barely missed lockout, and I hit 780. You know, so I'm a big fan of lofty goals for the right people. Like I, some people that just it doesn't work. It's too yeah. it's demotivating it, sometimes. It, it, it demotivates, and I'm choosing them up like I never made it. And I just personally, and that's my personal bias, I guess, or my personal how I'm wired. I don't mind that. It doesn't bother me. I didn't make it. I'm proud that I. Uh, I'm proud that I was able where I made it, shooting for that goal. So, I mean, but I mean, but dude, when you set, when you set a goal, like a goal like that in your mind, when you set it, you like fully believe that you can get there. I do. Right? Yeah, I do. Oh yeah. That's just like squatting 800 the last, the last meet. I didn't squat 800, but, um, I knew I could do it and I still think I could have in the right circumstances. Uh, yeah. cause I squatted 776 and I got red lighted. And then, so I basically had to took, mm. I took 776 three times. So, in my mind, dude, I squatted that three times. The last one was pretty tough, but it was like, yeah, because I just did it two more times. You know? yeah. <laughs> like, it was my third fucking time. Uh, so, yeah, and it's like, ah, oh, I could have left there all pissed off, you know. But it's like, nah, whatever, you know. I squatted seven seventy six, and I fuck, I did it three times. So, uh, yeah, yeah, and I, yeah, but I mean, I'm also that type that, like, in training, like for that meet. Every squat I take leading up to that, the 12 weeks or whatever, all that's in my head is 800. Like, mm-hmm. I'm squatting 650. I'm squatting 800 in my head. And it's just all focuses on that. And uh, so by the time I get there, I've done it a thousand times. And, you know, if I don't get it, you sure I wanted it. But it's like, ah, man, I still squatted more than I ever have, you know. So, yeah, but you have to, that's a tough one about goals. Like you just brought yeah. up, it's. I don't think most, I think most people set goals and they don't really believe they can do it. Mm. So I'll mention this as like, and this is why it's like the major thought I have about it is like, and mostly because I was, I don't, I'm not anymore because I'm not doing a, I'm not doing like a group session anymore. I'm like going all, pretty much all individual design, like club weightlifting program, like no club weightlifting, club powerlifting, whatever, but not any like, group session or anything but the problem with is that like people kind of say like new year's resolution is i think like they set a goal they don't really respect the process necessarily like mm-hmm. they think they do but yeah it just means so much more to them to think about it and like it just feels good to set the goal because in your mind like you kind of start the process and you're like oh like you almost get the benefits without the habits mm-hmm and then after a week, oh, this is tough, and then they're gone, you know. Yeah. You know, two weeks or whatever. And so they really haven't gone through a process where they stuck to the to a goal and then they get a real win. Like yeah. I always struggle setting that target because if someone comes in, say they're overweight, and they, you know, I want to get to X percent body fat. I'm like, all right, cool. It's going to take, you know, how, how much time? It's going to be longer than they 
want to even hear mm-hmm. ever. They're always like, oh, yep. damn, I had six weeks planned for this. <laughs> not, <laughs> not three years. So, yeah, yeah. Or two years or whatever. It's like, look, that's the process. So, like, it takes what it takes. I don't, I don't have, like, a magic pill in the back room or something. But it's like when they set the goal, they, they don't really – truly believe that they're going to get it. And so when they fail, they're just like, yep, here I am. And, it, and not even fail, just like make a mistake. Oh, yeah. It's like, yep, that's me. I'm, this is just who I am. It's like, no. Or they just move the needle one inch. Yeah. And they don't keep, you know, keep bridging it together. So that's like, those are the biggest issues I see in terms of like when people come to me to set goals. But I'll deal with the list now because – those people will be weeded out in the interview process, basically. Like, no, I'm not. Yeah. I'd say, and bringing on that tied to that exact subject, I think most people, most people's error in goal setting, especially as it relates to training, is not the goal itself. It's they fail to recognize their starting point. Oh, They think they're in a better spot than they actually are. (laughs) <laughs> and they think, oh yeah, six weeks, I'm there. Like uh, I remember in particular one one lady that called me up and told me she wanted to compete in figure, and I I did a competition. It's like ten weeks away. Can you help me get ready? I've never met this person. Yeah, come talk to me. And like she left in tears when I told her that it would be like three years. <laughs> and it was like, yeah. you never lifted a weight in your life. What do you mean? I expected somebody to come in here like. Okay, you're damn near ready. We just need to lean you out a little bit. Right. <laughs> like not somebody that we need to teach you how to do a 15 pound squat. Uh, so I had, some, yeah. I had someone come to my gym in 2017. I want to say 2017 or 2016 when I owned the CrossFit gym. And he recommended them to me because I was a weightlifting coach or whatever and doing whatever. And this dude came in and he was like, it's like, so I want to make it to the next Olympics. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> what? Like, okay. I mean, you've been weightlifting yeah. for a while or anything. It's like, nope. This is. <laughs> <laughs> We're starting tomorrow. Tomorrow. But, <laughs> tomorrow. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> Low-key, I was like, okay. He said, I want to make it to 2020. I was like, all right. And then he said, he was like, oh, I Facebook messaged Kendrick Ferris. And Kendrick Ferris Really told him off in the night, like in a nice way, and he took that as, oh, he said I could do it. <laughs> he was like, he said, Kendrick Ferris said, he was like, hey man, maybe just win your own Olympics or something like that. <laughs> and he was like, he said I could do it. And like so, <laughs> and I was like, uh, you know, people train like their entire lives to, yeah. <laughs> to go to the Olympics. Yeah, and I was like, have you fought it? Oh man, I was like, have you squatted before anything? He was like, yeah, in high school. This dude's like in his thirties. Oh Jesus! Like, oh, I was, like, <laughs> I was like, all right, well, let's. We better. We we have no time to waste. We start today. <laughs> and I <laughs> and I squatted him, and that was the last day I saw him. He never, yeah. he never made never it back. Came back. Like, oh, I'm yeah. sure he was so sore too, because I was like, nah, we ain't got the time to wait, man. Like you got to, like, <laughs> yeah, you got to get out. Hang. And yeah. we did the bar, maybe something else, and I think. This, I have trouble with dudes sticking around because of this, but the girls are like squatting way more than him, and oh, he's sure. dying, and then trying to like show off, like, "Oh yeah, I can do 185." Oh, no. They're like doing tens or something, and then I'm sure he was crippled the next day. Like, <laughs> I'm sure he yeah. called if he went. Like, no way. 
Yeah. Yeah. The dude said, I want to make it to the Olympics and weightlifting. And it was like a three or four year journey. He's like, that's how much time I've allotted to this goal. And I'm already 30. So let's get going. Oh, Jesus. Well, tell him just to look at Kendrick Ferris's career. I mean, yeah. if he's emailing him, like you can just watch how many years he's put into lifting. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The dude did like 600 for 10 on squats as like a natural athlete. Mm-hmm. And then he does jump. Like he did a set of five, with like snatches from the hip with 300. Like you watch this dude do jumping jacks with 300 pounds. Yeah. Like, and you were like, yeah, I'm probably not that far away. Like I could probably get you that. Right on the cusp of that. So, holy moly. Uh, I had a online client years ago. Um, who's like, hey, I want to, you know, squat 315. I'm like, okay, great. And this is, God, man, this is probably 12 plus years ago. And so I started training him, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, wow, what, what is going on? Like his squat was horrible. And then I realized, I said, well, when I started, I said, where, where are you at right now? He's like, oh, you do 275 easy. An idiot me at the time went, okay, great. And so started programming him that way. Oh, God. In a couple of weeks, I'm like, what is going on? And eventually we went back and forth a whole bunch of times. So I, I got mad and I said, okay, go to the gym this week and just do a one RM. It can be a gym max. It doesn't have to be all out. Just give me some number. Cause I said, there's no way you're close to 275. Mm-hmm. I think you did 190. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> and I'm yeah. like, I don't give a shit where you're at. I don't yeah. care. Just be careful. If I think you're at 275 and you're at a, a fugly looking 190, like that's that's not even close. <laughs> yeah, you're not even in the same zip code. Yeah. So, so now I, I kind of learned my lesson from that. And you know, if someone is really aggressive and they have specific numbers, part of your assessment is you've got a whole week to do a one around and video mm-hmm. it. Yeah. I don't care where it's at. I don't care if you think your deadlift's 405 and it's 305, but we have to have a realistic starting point or like none of this is going to work. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. a pretty useful one. I mean, yeah. Olympics wasn't even my biggest goal. That was, that was second. That's second place. Biggest goal I ever had said like when some kid came in, he said he wanted to break Eddie Hall's deadlift records. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh my. Yeah. He was weighing maybe like 150, 155. Like this kid's like tiny, skinny. He's like, I'm, and like, I mean, his energy towards it was crazy. Like he was like, I'm going to break Eddie Hall's deadlift world record. I was oh, like, okay. And then there was something else too, like a leg press world record or something. I don't know. <laughs> but I was like, man, you got to gain, you need to gain triple your body. Yeah. Three of you. <laughs> I mean, convincing teenagers to like put on 20 pounds, like to really do it is yeah. tough enough. Like you oh, need yeah. to gain three, you need to be three people. You need yeah. to lose yourself <laughs> twice. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so yeah. that was, that was the, that's the loftiest goal. He didn't come back for a second session either, which <laughs> I was disappointed, but yeah. I've had my most usual is the ones that walk in and want to be the next world's strongest man. I've had numerous of those. I was like, you realize what it takes, like, just to get to that competition, not win it. Just to get there. Yeah, I mean, and, like, you have to be born a freak, you know? (laughs) Like, most of those dudes are Clydesdales. 
like oh, by default. Yeah. So first thing we need the word. Show me your parents, um, <laughs> and let's decide if we're, this is even feasible. And then, and then we'll talk about your worth it work ethic and drug regimen, you know, to get there. But I've had numerous of those that all they all did not like the answer. Nobody likes like when your answers to their goals start ending in years and not weeks. They're fucking gone. They're just yeah. gone in general. They're like, yep, I'm out. But they all want to hear. It. And then they go to somebody. Never, never fails. They go to somebody that tells them, yeah, we got this. Yeah. Give me, give me 12 <laughs> weeks. Oh. Like, now you see them posting up like 12 weeks to the next strongest man. Oh, God damn it. So some asshole lied to him. And <laughs> in the figure area, there's always somebody that'll like, like that girl I was talking about. Yeah, okay, let's do it. And then she just gets booed off stage. And it's like, man, you didn't help them at all. No. <laughs> just fucking hurt them for life <laughs> by lying to them. And you made yourself look like an asshole because you put somebody on stage that, you know, clearly didn't belong there. But yeah, And I yeah. don't think if people have ever met, like, a top World Strongest Man competitor, I don't think they realize how big those oh, human yes. beings are. No. Yeah, like I didn't realize it till the first no, time I met some of them, and I'm like, "What the fuck?" Exactly. <laughs> when I met like Poundstone, I realized his wrist was the size of my calf. I was yeah. like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> now I know what's up. So, like, I am a small human being in comparison. So, yeah. One other thing you had about lofty goals, the one thing I've always done that I think is useful. Is, you know, so my main goal is to lift the, the 175 pound Thomas inch dumbbell, which eh, I've been working on for like six years. And I'll probably, I'll get there, you know, when, who knows, right? It's, yeah. you know, something I'm measuring in decades of total time, you know, mm -hmm. to do it. Um, the two things I found helpful is one, don't pay attention to other freaks because mm -hmm. My buddy Adam has sent me videos of like, he's down in Texas of, you know, they have a whole bunch of, you know, arm wrestling and just a lot of just stupid, strong people. He's like, yeah, I got some people that come over into the gym and like literally pick up the inch without training on the first day. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I said, Oh, I said, that's crazy. What do they do after that? He's like, nothing. They don't train for it. <laughs> they're, just yeah. like, they're just a walking freak and they yeah. go to go off and do something else because it wasn't yeah. challenging. Don't pay attention to what anyone else is doing because you'll find someone who can do it probably without training sometimes, mm -hmm. which is crazy. Um, the other part I found is having a heavier implement or heavier load that you can't currently use, like in your possession. So yeah. Like in the past, you know, when I was doing more, you know, one arm pressing with a kettlebell, I always made sure I had a heavier kettlebell that I, I couldn't even do a press with at all or even a push press. Yeah. Right. And then if when I was doing more stones years ago, I wanted a big enough stone that I could barely not even get it off the floor yet. Mm -hmm. You know, because it one, I think I didn't want <clears throat> the possibility of running out of options to do. And there's always more options. Right. And then three, every time I go to the gym, I have to stare at that thing. Yeah. And I get kind of pissed. I can't do anything with it yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? And so that kind of gives you a, you know, a marker to paradoxically go up and just, you know, your first goal is like, can I do anything with it? Right. So with an inch, can I put a strap on and can I do reps that way? 
Could I possibly do an opposite hand assist? Is, can I even get the thing off the ground in any way, shape possible? You know, mm-hmm. and then you just back everything down from there. So like your day to day or your week to week stuff is literally monitoring one more rep here or an accessory lift, two more pounds here. Um, so I think it's this weird paradox of having the thing there that you can't really do anything with yet. But also being realistic of, you know, just the slow, tiny progress day in and day out, week in and week week out over years, um, will get you there too. Yeah, I mean that makes a lot of sense because it's staring you right in the face. Like, there's the goal. Yep. <laughs> you know, right there. I can't fucking do it, but it's talking to me every day. So yeah, um, and after a while, you get kind of crazy and think it's yelling at you and making fun of you. And... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you think? Well, I'd say maybe us, like our type of people, like we already have a baseline ego enough to like at least think we're going to do it. Not like not arrogance, like you actually go out and do stuff. Yeah. You realize the limitations or like you put yourself around stuff. You're like, okay, I see the limitations of stuff. And like I see local, you know, in, in the strong sense, it's like you'll see local guys who are really strong and they're still not even close to being in the yeah. conversation for like, you know, strongest man type stuff. But like to the people like without it who are starting physique stuff or physical stuff, whatever brings them to it, getting them to their first victory and starting to like build their ego first, like it'll get out of control at no no point at some point. But like I've always struggled with that with people. Cause it's like, I never experienced that necessarily. Like I've always, and even if I failed at goals or whatever, it's like I could set something and go for it in like with respect to the thing. Mm-hmm. But I've always had enough ego to be like, all right, it's, it's doable. It's capable, you know, or like it's in my wheelhouse or whatever. Like I can get there. Like do you yeah, think, I think people a fault just have of, like a problem? I think a fault of most people is they, they like the idea of goals. But they never believe they can do it. They like the goal setting. Like, especially, I think that's why most New Year's resolutions fail. It's a bunch of people setting goals of things they want or think they should do. Mostly things they think they should do or things they think would be fun, but they don't really want to do. So they don't, they're not invested in it. They don't really, they, they just think it's cool to say it. Like, that's New Year's resolution. I'm going to quit smoking. And he doesn't want to quit. So what does he do? He quits for three days and then he doesn't, you know, because he didn't really want to. Uh, <laughs> or the people that I'm finally going to lose weight this year and they've been saying it for 14 years and two days later they're back to the cakes and pies. So they didn't really want to. And uh I think that's the biggest one. And I think a lot of it just boils down to belief. And I think most people call a lot of professional athletes like they say that they're arrogant. And like Michael Jordan, oh, he was just an arrogant asshole, and he, you know, thought he was the best. Like literally, to be the best, you have to think you are, and like yeah. believe you are first. And that's not a negative. That's that's like that's literally part of being the best. I'm not sure anybody's like made it to be the best, and they're they get there and they're like fucking surprised. Like I can't believe I'm the best. You know, yeah. they believe that shit first. And they made it happen. And I, I think the mental part of it is, is ignored by most people. And they just, they look at the, 
Like, okay, what did they do in the gym? Like, especially with like, you get out of strength sports, you get into like multi-sport athletes. And so they just look, they, they ID their training. Well, you know, Derrick Henry's doing this and he's the best running back in the league. So I'm going to do his training and they never look at his mindset and his, you know, like that fucker believes he's good when he's running at somebody. He believes I'm going to run that son of a bitch over and <laughs> before he ever does it. And I think that's a big missed part in goal setting is just the, the mental aspect. And like, you have to believe you're going to do it before you can do it. Like I've had many lifters that like, okay, you could squat 405. You're good for it, but their head's not in it. And they're scared, of it. and so they can't until you get your head wrapped around a goal and really believe you can do it. And I don't think that's arrogance. I think it's just self belief. Uh, you're not going to do it until you firmly just get a grasp with yourself. And then the other part that I think people mess on is they they look at the end goal and they never look at what they're giving up. Oh like, yeah, what that's another big one. It's the like, I want to be the world's strongest man. Well, you need to do this and this and this and this. Here's the bad shit. Nobody, they always look at the good things. Like, I'll be famous and I'll have, you know, I'll be big and strong. And it's like, yeah, but you have to eat four <laughs> times a day. You're going to be on the toilet 15 times a day. And you're going to have to train your ass off and not go to a lot of things because you're training. Risk of injury, too, but is the way to get heavier. And, yeah, um, they, the they one, never ID the bad parts of, it, of goals. One thing I would say to people who have, either continued success or like renewed success, like essentially each time is like uh curiosity. Like they are very curious. Like, Oh, I did it. Even if there's like some get surprised, but it's like, Oh, I did it. Now what? Yeah. Oh, I did yeah. it. Like, now like, what's next? What's next? What's next? Like, what else can I do? Or like, and sometimes people get bored with the answer in fitness, like, and not, not saying it, it is an effective strategy if you know how to do it well or you're part of that type of program, but like West side stuff mm-hmm. where you're like, you get to a certain point and you're like, Oh, well it's gotta be different going from here to the next thing. And you in, just like exponentially increase the complexity of your, you know, thing versus doing the thing that like actually works. But people who stay curious can do. And I like, I'll remember this from the, Chinese lifters when they're in like the lifters that do the best are the ones who can just do the boring stuff the most Mm -hmm. this was like their like their big thing and I think even it was in the Atomic Habits thing but I heard it from Coach Yu and Lu Jiajin and like they were almost annoyed at the complexity questions in the Mm -hmm. seminar and it's like no you just here's the things that work and you just keep doing it until you're there and then no. you just also keep doing it after that because if you don't the chinese government will kill your family but <laughs> <laughs> no it's just like but they, they didn't say that so don't no. for that, but, <laughs> i mean it's like can you do the boring steps i mean i said that to people for physique stuff too where it's oh, like yeah. oh man can you do the boring steps eat the same stuff over and over or similar stuff over and over. Can you do it for longer? And it's not even about the intensity of like doing it a big thing. It's just about the consistency of it. Like, just stay with it. Like, yeah. Okay. It's yeah. working. Now, yeah. Keep going. And that's people who yeah. are curious tend to do it. Yeah, I agree. And that's the biggest one I've told people with weight, like especially weightlifters, I think are have to be a special breed. Oh yeah. 
because you have to just dedicate decade or decades to two lifts. Like, and that's like 90% of what you're going to be doing is just snatch and clean and jerk. Like, that's what you need to do to get better. Yeah, there's some squats and shit mixed in, you know, but most of the time you're going to be doing some variation of a snatch and some variation of a clean and jerk. So you have to be one of those people that can just, it's going to get boring and you got to still love it and still go at it. And uh, that takes a special person. Whereas like, say bodybuilding or something, if you get bored doing leg presses, you can do squats if you, and you're still inching towards that goal. There's a million different things you can do to build up all these little muscle groups. Or if you're a multi-sport athlete, there's, you know, you've got all the running and there's a myriad of things you can do. It's still getting down to the minutiae, even in those, but not as like finite as weightlifting. Because uh, even powerlifting, hell, at least there's three lifts, you know. But, uh, yeah, and that's and I think that's also why I see a lot of people turn from say powerlifting to strongman. It's the variance oh, yeah. in the sport. It's easier to be fun because there's always a bunch of shit you can do, um, even though they don't recognize that most of the best people are uh, really good at a few moves, like really good at deadlift, really good at overhead pressing. <laughs> you do, If you were just really good at deadlifting and really good at overhead pressing and you concentrate on that, you'd do real well. Yeah, exactly. He was just a massive overhead presser and yeah. he did well. Uh, so it boils down, still boils down to the minutia, but in that sport, it's easier to have fun. It's it, it's easier to keep it fun, uh, whereas in like weightlifting with just those two lifts, it's it's harder for most people to keep it fun. You have to have a special person that finds doing the same thing over and over and over and over and over again for a decade fun. I mean, like, I, I love weightlifting and I love helping people out with it, but that's part of why, I, and I've always wanted to, but that's part of why I got into jujitsu is just the dynamics of learning a new thing. I mean, I spent a good chunk of time, don't get me wrong. Like, I was in weightlifting for a while and, like, you know, mostly being, like, just for myself and not necessarily, like, going on the platform. That was just because I was coaching. But, like, from this point, even master stuff is just not that interesting mm-hmm. in terms of, like, all right, snatch, clean, jerk. Like, I like training for, you know, I like training simply, and then I I love just going to the gym and doing, you know, learning every single time. Mm-hmm. And you know what I mean? Like that to me is always just learning a, a skill or a craft, which I feel like I've done a good job with in weightlifting. Not yep. good at coaching necessarily, but that's the truth. Is like remove your just dis- like really if you want to be great at anything, it's like remove all the distractions you can. Mm-hmm. Like and. You know, set your life up to set your whole environment up to where the goal is the goal and it just stays the goal. Yeah. You almost forget about everything else, like not everything, but. No, I think most successful people, I, not even most. I mean, I would say every highly successful person in athletics has has done that. Like, I can't think of anybody that just happened to be an Olympic champion. Oops, (laughs) (laughs) Oops, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or anything like that. Like they literally form their life around that fucking goal. You know, nobody's just accidentally won something major like that. 
uh, it is, those are the type of goals that, that you do. You shape your life around it. And you have to recognize that. And most people don't. Most people don't recognize what they give up. They just recognize the, uh, the accolades and how it would probably feel amazing to do that. They look at all the good shit <laughs> and never look at the bad. So. Yeah, that's just the violent consistency day in and day out of doing the process, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like if you want a better outcome, then you probably got to get better at whatever process you're doing. Yeah. And then if you can't execute the process, then you have to look to see what external factors are in the way. And is it uh highest priority that you say? If it's not, that's fine, too. But you have to at least acknowledge there's some mismatch and like what you were saying what is the the cost you know in order to do that and i think having like any system you want some constraints on the system and then being realistic that that you know may limit you but there's no right or wrong per se but i think having that discussion earlier than later is helpful but Mm -hmm. that's that's not the fun part (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. And that's it both like like Jim Winler does a good job talking about it with this whole discipline over motivation thing. Like motivation is very short lived. It's at that beginning, like all these New Year's resolutioners. Yeah. That motivation is high on January first. That motivation dwindles quickly and burns out like a little candle. And from that point on it's discipline. You know, you have to be disciplined and how does that work? It's finding something you're truly passionate about and like even on the shitty days, like today, I don't want to fucking go on a lift. I was up half the night and I was out hiking around hills and fields yesterday, but I'm disciplined enough. I know I'm going to go in and I'm going to do my squats. And I'm going to do my deadlifts and they're probably not going to be the best, uh, but I'm going to get them done. And I know that doing that, even if I go in there and squat 50%, that's better than not going in at all. You know, I'm oh, yeah. still inching towards that goal and, uh, or I'm at least doing enough to maintain and not go backwards in a situation where I could just say, fuck that, I'm waiting another week. <laughs> no, it's just you get off your ass and you go do it. So. I, have, I have a friend at the gym who he, just somebody in his circle that he knew went to jail for like kind of a stupid reason, basically, you know, uh, wouldn't take care of his like, because maybe had like a drug possession type of charge. And then wouldn't ever go to court to like deal with his like diversion or whatever. So he ended oh. up in jail for like, you know, eight to nine months or something. Yeah. And he's a Latino guy. So he goes in and, you know, the, whatever the Latin group was, was like, no, we work out. And it's like, not a question. And he was like, and he, so he comes out jacked and his sister's like, oh, wow, you've been working out. He's like, that wasn't by choice. Yeah. I <laughs> <had to laughs> <like it. laughs> yeah. It's just we're like, no. There was no technique. They're just like, you're lifting this. And it's like, and I almost feel like some people really, you want to go to jail. And like, that's the, that's the motivation that you would, it's like, there's not a choice. Yep. You're, you're just going forward. There's just like, nothing I would ever provide that, but it's like, there's no choice to the thing. We're doing the thing. And it's that's like, the Russian system. That's the Russian yeah. system. They yeah. just kidnap, kidnap kids and make them like you're going to be a fucking champion. Yep. Or There's you're no going to die. About it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, oh yeah, I don't want to work out. And they're like, no, that wasn't like where are you wanting to work out? Yeah. This is going to be fun. This is like, no, you're working out. 
Yeah. No, and that is a lot. Like, like sadly, it does relate to like the Chinese system. Like, no, you're working out. You're going to be our oh, next yeah. champion. We did the test. We measured your limbs. You're it. Yeah. <laughs> you're the one. You know? So, oh fuck. Yeah, that's more people need that. We need to start little weightlifting prisons. You know, we didn't talk about this. To that mindset, oh, though, of just the option of not doing the thing is not an option. Yes. Right? So your yeah. option is modifying the thing, where I think when you're new, the option is always, well, I could just not do the thing. That's not optimal. I'm not, you know, I yeah. don't. And you can, you know, I've had a few consults in the past with clients who go so far down that line, especially now with sleep. It's like, oh, man, you know, last night I only got six and a half hours of sleep. My little aura whoop, whatever, said that, you know, my REM score was, you know, lower by 17 minutes. Like, I I think I need a recovery day. Like, no, just go train. Like, (laughs) until we have enough data to see if, one, that's even true. It's probably not. And then, two, I know your schedule, and you've got three days to train. And so if you miss and do nothing today – you're not making that up. That session's mm-hmm. not coming back. It's not like you can move it till tomorrow, you know. Yeah. So it's, I think, having the mindset of it's going to get done. Now, what happens then, I think you have to be a little bit more flexible with. But I think when you're new, it's just too easy to just opt out of everything for God knows whatever reason. Yeah. What were you going to say, Drew? So, you know, we didn't talk about this week that happened. I would just call it in physical culture was watching someone die on the oh, football fuck. field. God damn it. That was so bad. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. And that's, yeah, I don't know. And I thought, I thought at first it was a concussion. I was like, dude, yeah, dude hit his head and, you know, he just went lights out. And then there was that. That was scary, man. And I don't care what it, like there's, there's whispers here and there of why it happened. And, and like really, literally none of that matters. None of that matters. No. And I'm glad, you know, the number one thing was, Oh, save his ass. And they did. And that's number one. And now, now I'll move on from there and questions can be asked and answered now. But that was, I have never seen, there's been lots of bad shit happen on football fields. Like I've seen the ones where people got paralyzed. Uh, Sterling Sharp got paralyzed and things like that. But instantly you could tell from the player's reaction. I've never seen, like, what, there's 52 men on each side. There was basically damn near 104 grown men out there crying on the field watching yeah. that. It was like something different's happening here. And uh think those think those players on the field would ever be the same playing football? I don't and think. I think the whole league's going to have a problem this week. But it's, you know, it's crazy. Of like, those two teams. It's crazy because it's not like it, it was a you know this isn't like a chronic thing it wasn't like a bunch of head trauma and then this is the last of all that you know it, and it is kind of a you know freak thing i think yeah. the last person they had to was like the 70s so yep. 50 years between cases yeah but just in general as far as like i mean the medical people at the gym we're talking about just like a, you know, some of that trauma can cause like signaling mm-hmm. disruption in your neural network. Essentially, it's like it can shut down. Like stuff like that can happen in, in like car accidents and stuff like that. Yeah, so. yeah. What I worry about now is is the mental ability of the players to deal with it and how they're going to deal with it on the field 
Because usually what happens, like most bad accidents in a contact sport like that, they usually happen to one player is going balls out and one player isn't. The one that isn't going all out and doesn't have their head into it is usually the one that gets hurt. Um, but you see it in lifting too. Like most mm-hmm. of my clients that have ever been had a little injury, it's because they're using a lightweight they don't think they have to think about and they fuck up. You know, they're not concentrating on it and doing it right. And you see that in contact sports when you got one dude going 100% and one dude kind of making business decisions. It's a lot of times the dude making business decisions is the one that gets hurt. Um, and we're, we have a real good chance of, of some of that happening this week. Cause you got a lot of people wondering, like they've always known the risk of injuries there. Like I might blow my knee. I might blow my shoulder. I might, but it's never been, am I going to go home? <laughs> and there's a lot of players in the league now, like, they have to step on that field, and they're going to question that. Like, dude, what if I don't go home from this? Uh, that's a whole. That's a thing that's going to take a while, I think, to to process. And it's like a routine uh, play. It wasn't mm-hmm. like a. No, it wasn't even the hardest hit. I mean, it wasn't. There's, I've seen harder hits every week. Yeah. You know. So. Yeah, my understanding of that is just it's a a big compressive hit on the upstroke of the T wave. Mm-hmm. Um. Like when I was doing my master's in biomechanics, there was a guy in one of the biomechanics labs that was actually looking at different potentially safety impact vests actually for baseball players. Because at the time, this is like decades ago, they pitchers, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were worried about uh, pitchers and especially catchers. If the ball, like, you know, from a 90 plus mile per hour fastball, something happens to the catcher and it hits him square in the chest or hits another player square in the chest, you know, right at that particular time. Um, so they were looking at, you know, changing some of the padding or was there things they could do around it? And I eventually followed up with them a couple of years later and I said, Hey, whatever happened to that project? And he's like, eh. No one wanted to fund it because they said the odds of that happening are so slight that it it wasn't a risk. I'm like, but it's a real thing, right? Like you can, you can, it's a real phenomenon that if you just get the timing right, it would happen. He's like, oh yeah, hundred percent. He's like, it's mm-hmm. going to happen somewhere in the next few decades. And I was like, oh god. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, yeah. the other like his response though, like. For this episode and talk about goal setting and things like you can when he woke up, the first thing he said to his doctors was, did we win? That's a motherfucker that has goals and knows how to stick to them. You know, he died and woke up and was like, did we win? Yeah, you won at life. You're still fucking alive. So, yeah, you won. But yeah. They lied to him. That's all. I was like, yeah. at least yeah. tell them the truth. Like, hey, man, they're waiting on you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, you're the slacker. The whole they paused the whole fucking game. You've been in here for four days, bro. They're waiting on you to get back out there. So yeah. yeah, I mean, at least they didn't have some of my coaches from like high school. You you woke up and like, yeah, you, get on the line because <laughs> <laughs> you cost us the game. Get yep. on the line. Yep, you're doing laps. I, I died. Like, sounds yep. like the heart's weak. Yeah. <laughs> Need some strength. Get on the line. <laughs> yeah, fuck. So, but yeah, yeah, I mean, I the the trauma of it from the, I mean, obviously his, but he wasn't experiencing it like during the week because they had him sedated. Mm-hmm. As far as I know, he's up now. So just so, yeah. yep. He's like, 
talking to his teammates and stuff. Um, but the rest of the people on the field like to see it, like that kind of yeah. trauma, you know what I mean? Yeah, you could tell it was different just because you couldn't see what the hell was going on until they announced like they're giving him chest compressions. But all those people were like, holy shit, they're having to they're looking at their teammate or fellow player like dead. He was dead on the field and they're being revived. That that's a rough one. So I wondered on the technical side, does that cause asystole then? So he has no heartbeat or does it cause like, um, some other type of electrical disturbance? Cause I don't think they used an AED, correct? Yes. They used an AED as well. Apparently he had no pulse. Yeah. He had zero pulse. Is what they say. Okay. So. Yeah, that's what I was wondering too, because I'm like, if you go asystole, which means you literally have no electrical activity, you have to elect, basically pace the heart in order to get mm-hmm. it back or drugs. But the hard part is when you look for a pulse, they could be in a super fine VF, and you're still not going to feel a pulse, but mm-hmm. there's just some electrical activity there. So when we did training for AEDs. You're just like, yep, you just always stick one on it and. It'll detect, and, you know, even if it shocks the heart and it doesn't need it, you're not going to make them any worse, yeah. you know, so, yeah. So, freaky. Yep, it was. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. This week's going to be interesting, just see how players play across the league, like, especially those two teams. But, like, this is probably the biggest accident that's happened that, like, literally affects the whole league, has the oh, whole yeah. league thinking. You know, I mean, knees and shit, those are normal. That's just part of the game now. Like, there's going to be 150 knee injuries a, a year or whatever it is. It's got to be some astronomical number. But, uh, you know, not dying on the field. Like Jarrell said, it's been since, I think it was 71. One of the Detroit Lions passed away on the field. But, uh, so. All right. Well, we ran a little over. We'll call it yeah. a day. So I'm going to go squat and then butcher deers. So nice. Yeah. So everybody have a good weekend. All right. See you guys. Later.